Hello, and welcome to the St. Dominic Media Podcast, where we strive to bring the power of the gospel to the world. I'm very excited about today's episode of Catholic in America, where I have a lively conversation with the always awesome Sister Miriam James Heidland from the SOLT, the SOLT community. Um, Sister Miriam shows us how to find hope and healing in the midst of the brokenness in the world and in our own lives. Um, she is awesome. She is uh, an amazing speaker. She speaks all over the world. Given her testimony, she works um, with the John Paul II Healing Center in Tallahassee, Florida, in their conferences, and is also um, part of the creative force behind the Abiding Together podcast. Um, so uh, without further ado, please enjoy this interview, this conversation with Sister Miriam. Well, hello and welcome to Catholic in America. This is our second quarantine edition. This is actually the uh, the second episode of Catholic in America that we've shot since our studio was destroyed um, uh, in Hurricane Michael way back in 2018. Um, last week, we were really blessed to be joined by Bishop Bill Walk, Bishop of Pensacola, Tallahassee. And this week, I could not be more excited uh, to be joined by Sister Miriam James Heidland, who is uh, a and just an incredible uh, sister in Christ, incredible um, apostle and evangelist and disciple. And um, sister, thanks so much for being here with us. <laughs> Yay, thank you. Here we are socially distancing where we are. So <laughs> we, I don't know if you can tell, we're not in the same room. We're um, not. So, <laughs> no, it's not You're that, in a vortex. The, the it's like boy stuff. and girl, boy and girl right here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, you got the girl room, I got the boy room. Yeah. <laughs> I had a motorcycle earlier. Um, <laughs> That was great. You're going to do some crocheting or something like that. Um, <laughs> Maybe later. Sister, as uh, really what we want to jump into and, and, and talk about during, uh, during this conversation um, is, is your story. I'd love to hear, for people to hear a little bit of your story. And, um, and then also just uh, be able to share about how um, we're entering into Holy Week and into Easter and how we can allow this time with, you know, during social distancing or quarantine or whatever people are going through, but also every day of the year that how we can experience the good news of Jesus Christ and how you've experienced that in your own life and then how we can go deeper in freedom and in healing with the Lord. So, so maybe just to start, maybe you can tell us uh, your story, how, how you got to be, I don't think you were born a religious sister. So maybe you can kind of give us the background there. No, but I, I just want to say first and foremost, I was at your parish a few years ago and we did a Lenten mission, wasn't it? And it was just lovely. So I just want to say hello to all your parishioners out there. And just I have very fond memories of being at your parish. You're a wonderful pastor, Father. And, you know, it's it's really beautiful to see, I think, especially for a time such as this, seeing priests. I know your priestly heart must be broken, that you can't offer mass for your people, for your bride. And just so many different things. And I, I it's just so beautiful to see so many priests coming forward and saying, we love you. Like, we love the church. We love you. We're here for you. We're doing what we can. We're praying for you. We're sacrificing for you. And so, yeah, I just want to honor that. So I just want to say hello, first of all, to you and to all your parishioners there that are watching. You're, you're still considered, uh, we've had a lot of great people do amazing missions here, mm -hmm. but everyone's still like, Sister Miriam was the best. Um, her <laughs> mission her kind. mission was fantastic. And she, <laughs> everyone keeps asking, like, can you, can you take some notes from her about how to preach and how to craft a message, please? Because um, <laughs> You're just... You're doing just fine on your own, Father. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So I, my, my, my sister Miriam James, and I, I live right now in the great nation of Texas. So I, I'm in the deep south and uh, in the middle of the cotton fields, just in the quiet. It's funny. I just heard a plane flying over, and I haven't heard a plane fly over in a long time. It's just kind of funny. Like, hark, hark. What is that foreign sound that I'm hearing outside? You know. So, but I'm a member of a missionary community called the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, and. I've been a member since 1998, and I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in the rainy Northwest, and my mom and dad went to Mass. My brother and I, we all went to Mass every Sunday when I was a kid growing up, and 
but I often share with people that I never fell in love with Christ. And that was one thing I noticed when I was at your parish of your preaching of the person of Jesus Christ, you know, of, of why we believe what we believe. And there's a reason why we do what we do. The reason, the reason why we say no to things and why we say yes to things, but it's because it's a person. And I think growing up somehow I just missed that. And so I learned about rules, so to speak, that were distorted. Even my own understanding, we you know was incorrect. And I felt like God was there just to suck the fun out of everything, you know? Mm. And so uh, in many ways we had a, like a, almost a fear-based religion of like, don't do this. Otherwise you're going to go to hell. Like, don't do that. You know, don't do this, don't do this. And, and is hell real? Yeah, it is. And are there things that will take you there? Yeah. But ultimately God comes out of love because he wants to save us. And so, but one, one of the things I did love uh, as a very uh, young girl with sports, I fell in love with sports and I, to this day, I still love sports. And so when I was in high school, I um, signed a full ride uh, to play volleyball at a division one university on the West coast. And I thought at that point, I want to work for ESPN and just have all these dreams for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, you know, I'm, I don't have to go to mass anymore. And my parents are going to tell me what to do. You know, I don't, have, don't, you know, so I kind of did whatever I wanted to do for a while there. And what I found out on my own, which was so great that I had to find out on my own through suffering was that I was actually quite miserable. Uh, at that time, I also had an addiction. I was an alcoholic by the time I was 21. Well, I'd been drinking since I was very young and I had all kinds of brokenness in the area of sexual trauma and abuse and promiscuity and things like that. And I think if you would have asked me at the time, how are you doing? I would have given you the standard answer that we give everybody. Oh, good, busy. Like I'm fine, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, the truth is that I'm, I was brokenhearted and what the Lord did is uh, the Lord sent a Catholic priest into my life, which is one of the reasons why the priest is the, one of the deepest loves of my life. And that priest, he'd been around a long time and he knew what was up and he spiritually mentored me and he spiritually fathered me. And he was the one person who would tell me the truth, whether I wanted to hear it or not. He loved me. He saw beauty where I only saw ugliness. He saw potential where I was just wasting my life. And he was so in love with Jesus Christ that it was such a captivating witness. It changed the course of my entire destiny. So that's why you're always going to hear me talk about healing, conversion, and the power of personal witness, because I'm here today on your show, sitting with you. And I know you because of the witness of this one priest who said yes. So that's a very yeah. short version of the story. I, yeah. I love just something I'm, I'm always struck by. I was, I was at a, a conference, um, and you were there too. Um, I was there in attendance, and, and you were one of the, the speakers on, on a, a panel they had, kind of a little roundtable. And it was amazing to me, just these are great Catholic leaders and speakers that, that, that were, were talking. And then you had like five minutes that, that you shared. Mm-hmm. And to me, it cuts straight to the heart. And I think that's, that's so important what you just shared about personal testimony and that God loved you in the midst of your brokenness mm-hmm. and um, not really in spite of, but through. And I, I think oh that gosh. that's something that a lot of people may be uh, mis- a, a lie that we can believe that I have to be perfect. Or if I was better, if my family situation was better, if my childhood had been better, yeah. then, I, then I could be closer to God. But, but otherwise I'm just, I'm just in, this mess that I'm in right now. So, so how, how have you faced that, that lie? Or how do you encounter that, that um, uh, maybe the freedom that people experience when they start to hear the truth in that, in that area in their own lives? Yeah, there's a, I'm a member of a 12 step group. And one of the best sayings that I often share from those, there's so much wisdom in those rooms, but one of my favorite sayings is this, that we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. Okay. So we're only as sick as our secrets and man, do we not have a lot of secrets? You know, people have secrets, families have secrets, marriages have secrets, churches have secrets. That's one of the reasons why, you know, the tragedy in the church in the last couple of years is that the secrets were coming out and they have to because the bride has been sick. And so it's the, it's the opening of the heart in authenticity before, before the Lord, before yourself and before other people who can hear your story and who can love you. And I think that's when true conversion takes place. And 
um, I was on a, actually a silent retreat recently with a wonderful priest and he said, you know, so you really, he said, you really want to be careful where the enemy attacks because they, it was just like what you just said, father. He said, the enemy attacks. And he says, he says to us, if I had a different childhood, I'd be holier. If I didn't have this part of my story, I would be a better person. I would be a saint by now. And he's like, that is a spirit of death. He mm-hmm. said, do do not believe that for a second. He said, because Jesus Christ is present in and through and part of every part of your story. And if he's allowed it to happen, it means he's going to bring something beautiful out of it. So I think that that's where the enemy pushes us in our own brokenness, you know, where we compare ourselves to other people, or we have this idea of what we should be, um, or it pushes us out of the moment of grace. Um, whereas versus laying everything out on the altar of our hearts, which we have to do, lay everything out on the altar of our hearts every single day and let the Lord see it and transform all of it. And that, that really, I think, involves just a, a level of trust, maybe, that, oh, that wow. maybe a lot of people um, haven't experienced, even in their faith life. And I think of, of how, how rare it is sometimes for people to talk about their own faith, to be able to share their own story, yeah. be able to share their own doubts. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I think a lot of times, um, one, of the, one of the parts of my life that I see as a priest is a lot of times people, the first spiritual conversation they'll ever have is when their life has fallen apart and then out of desperation, they call father and, um, and, and I just think like what a difference it would make if, if those conversations were a normal part of our life, a normal part of being a Catholic, of being a Christian, of sharing, mm-hmm. you know, not just, not, just, uh, uh, not just the highs, but also the lows and the struggles. Mm-hmm. Be like, man, I, I, I haven't prayed in two weeks and, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of afraid what, what, what God's going to say when I, when I finally do get quiet and, and open up my Bible or, or just, just, you know, pull out my rosary or whatever it is. So facing that, how, how do, maybe just in your own experience, how have you cultivated that kind of trust? Um, between yourself and the people around you, but also uh, between your own heart and God's heart? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a long journey. And I think the human heart is such a, the human heart is such a sacred mystery, you know, and we, uh, you know, we grow in little ways each, each, each day. And so I look at myself, you know, really, you know, yeah, there are things that I speak very freely of today that I could not admit to myself 25 years ago. You know, so you see this tremendous area of growth and just where the Lord is working in my own heart. And I think for me, just my own, I'm an internal processor. I'm very introverted. So for for me, the journey always starts with admitting something to myself first. And if I can admit that to myself first, and then I can go to the Lord, so to speak, and say, okay, Lord, I see this in myself or this, I remember this, this happened to me, you know, and then to take it to somebody else. But it was such a slow process. I remember many years ago when I was first in, in formation, like 20 years ago, we had this like a human development workbook where it talked about just your past. And I, it's kind of, it's almost laughable now, but I never really thought that what happened to me as a little girl and the trauma that I had sustained that I'd never told anybody about was having a direct impact on how I was living as a young adult. I had no idea. And so just the, the, the door opened little by little. And it was finally sharing my story with somebody who was trustworthy, uh, allowing people to love me, to, to speak into my life. It was making a couple general confessions where I just finally had to tell the Lord every single thing. I just wanted to be healed of every single thing. A lot of spiritual direction, a lot of confession, a lot of therapy, a lot of group therapy. I, I believe that Jesus Christ heals us in, in many different ways. And mm. he, the ways that he loves us is, are immense. And so now in my journey, I have a solid group of friends that have been time tested and who are on the journey as well that I regularly talk to and that regularly speak into my life. And that are people that when I try to do the good busy thing, they're going to be like, all right, stop it for a second. <laughs> like I know you yeah. and that's not true. And I, I it, and I really, you know, I, my heart breaks when you say that father Michael about that our churches really should be places where we can open our hearts. And isn't it sad that most people find the exact opposite is true. 
Like if somebody's crying in church, people are like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Or, or, you know, you feel like you have to have it together or you go to church as a family and before every, everybody in the car was screaming at each other five minutes before you get into church, you know, and then you walk in the door and you feel like everybody else is better than you. Like church should be a place where we come as we are yeah. and where we receive each other. So, and that's exactly what God wants. And I think maybe yes. that's something that, that, uh, just that I need to hear. And, and I think everyone needs to hear that again and again, that what God wants is you. And so that includes you and, and your, your mess and not having it together and your brokenness. And that's what actually God loves that God actually loves you, not what you, not you when you have it all together or you when you, when you have, you know, uh, everything sorted out. But yeah, but I, I think that there is something about that. And again, you know, there's so, so many levels to this where particularly our moments of deepest pain and shame, um, the enemy, the devil's called the accuser. And so oh gosh, yeah. um, we have to be able to hear the voice of the consoler, you know, the Holy Spirit, who's always um, inspiring us to recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord, to be able to call God Abba Father. So in your own life, how have you been able to, to listen more to the voice of, of the mm -hmm. consoler and, and cancel out and, and, uh, and silence the voice of the accuser just, just in your own life? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think it really requires us to be very attentive to our interior life, which can I tell you is something that is a great gift right now mm -hmm. that for many of us who we busied ourselves, the things that we've numbed ourselves with, the places we'd run away, those are not options anymore. And I think that's one of the greatest graces. I, I was very convinced like a month ago when this started to happen, the, the Lord saying, I'm speaking. So listen, like, listen. And so I think we have to cultivate a deep interior life. And, you know, it's the discerning of spirits of listening to what's, what's being said inside and where is that leading us to? Because that's what the voice of the accuser will do or ourselves when we are, we're often, you know, we often say things to ourselves that we would never say to other people. And somehow it seems justified. Like we berate ourselves, especially the tender places within us, you know, where we just, just are harsh on ourselves and we say awful things to ourselves or the accuser comes and he, so it's like, what is the voice saying? Okay. And what is the tone of the voice? What is it leading it to? Because when the Holy Spirit speaks, or when Jesus speaks to us, he speaks the truth. And I've had, you know, so many, as you have, sure, I'm sure father, where you've had two different experiences where it's one is the Lord speaking and you're very convicted over something that you did or something that you didn't do that you should have done or something like that. And you're like, oh, I should have done that. And you feel the, the sting of that but you also feel the mercy and you see probably also like why you did that. Like what's the story behind it? Cause there's always a story behind our sin. There's always a story of why we do what we do, whether for good or for ill versus the accuser who usually points out generalities or something like that. And then the, the, the pressing is toward you're awful. God doesn't love you. Nobody you know sees you. You're all alone and leads us towards despair. Mm. So what is it you have? We have to cultivate in the Holy spirit. Okay. Like, I ask that all the time, like, Holy Spirit, what's happening? Like, why am I doing this? Or when, why did I have this reaction? And people say, well, that sounds exhausting, you know, to, to, to be, to look within all the time. But I, I'm such a, I do it all the time that I'm always like, okay, Lord, what's happening to me right now? Because I want to be well, you know, I want to be free. So it's really asking the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, reveal my interior life to me because I don't understand myself a lot of times. Yeah. And, and, amen. And, and living as if God is real, you know, yes. like, knowing yeah. that he's real and that he actually loves you. He's actually speaking yes. to you every single moment. I think some people, uh, you know, believe again, the lie, even seeing a, a religious, religious sister and a priest on the screen right now, people, it's the quick lie is to say, well, that's for them because, because mm -hmm. she's a sister, because mm -hmm. he's a priest. Um, you know, but, but the reality is, is, is this in a sense has nothing to do with our, our, vocations our religious vocations that preceded it 
and um, that our vocations are a response to this. And I think that's some, sometimes something that people um, don't realize or, or maybe they, they weren't never learned that, that God is speaking to you. The enemy's definitely speaking. The world, the flesh, and the devil are attacking and lying and, and manipulating yes. and twisting and, and separating all those things. But the Father is speaking his words of blessing. Um, all the time. So yes. for, for the average person, and maybe for yourself before even religious life, um, or for the person who's just, you know, figuring out their vocation, mm -hmm. or there's a, a, you know, busy family person or retired, or wherever they might be, um, should, should they be expecting to hear, hear the voice of God? And, 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 and how can they kind of cultivate that mm -hmm. expectation and that, that hearing his voice? Oh, yes, God is always speaking to us. Um, when you love somebody, you always want to talk to them. And mm -hmm. even if it's not quote, unquote, words, you, you want to be near them. You just, I mean, do you think of the people that you love the most? Don't you want to be near them? You know, don't you miss them? Yeah. And don't you want to always just be in contact with them? And so the Lord is always speaking and he speaks in so many ways. You know, he speaks through his church. He speaks through his word. He speaks through the sacraments. He speaks through nature. He speaks through other people. So the Lord is always speaking to us. And so it's a matter of us not, is God speaking to me or not? Even in the silence, he's still speaking. It's, you know, what is he what is he saying? And what are, what is, you know, what is the, what is the movement of my heart toward that? And so I think it's being attentive to that. And, you know, we really have, we really have a hard time. And I'm not saying this just because I'm a sister, but it's because I really believe it. We're going to have a really hard time hearing him if we don't have any silence in our life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that silence is one of the things that clears out the soil. So the rest of our day, we can hear him. But if we don't have any silence in our life, if we don't have any solitude, and I'm not talking about loneliness, I'm talking about solitude, which is you draw away with another, right, with the Lord into your room, so to speak, of your heart. If we don't have any silence in our life, it's going to be really hard for us to hear the Lord, to learn how to hear the Lord. And I know for myself, before I became a sister, I was terrified of silence mm -hmm. because when it was silent, then all these things would come to the surface. Many times things I was running from or things I did not want to face. And so I always had the TV on. I always had music on. I always had somebody around because I couldn't stand my own company. And I think it's through this tremendous journey of facing all these areas of my life that has changed me. And I know myself when I start to avoid silence and I have a lot of it as a sister, but when I start to avoid, I'm like, all right, what am I running from? You know, so the Lord speaks to us in the silence and it's like, it's nourishment for the soul. Like we just need our senses to rest at times and just to be silent so we can hear. And that is, that is, I think the, the great opportunity that we have right now, we're about yes. to go under a, uh, stay in place order here in Florida. Mm -hmm. And I know different states are, are experiencing this and uh, different people, but uh, man, it's, this can either be a terrifying time where, yes. or this, this is an opportunity mm -hmm. um, that God's seen this as, as an opportunity, maybe where he can speak to us. And, and if mm -hmm. we only take that, that, that time to listen mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, just, just uh, silence is, is really, uh, uh, I think of just my own life that I can, you know, I'm, I'm a big podcast listener. Yeah. Uh, uh, abiding together and you know all the <laughs> stuff, basically yeah. just that one um but you know uh nice well and, done i see and, what you did there all right yeah. <laughs> and, and music and and you know all sorts of things yeah. we have so many um just so many great things to listen to and, and even yeah. things that have to do with faith but in mm -hmm. a sense that can almost become a, a buffer against what god is trying oh, to gosh. say uh, we're entering into holy week and a lot of people will yeah. be uh, seeing this uh, during holy week or, or mm -hmm. um or even on easter itself and into the easter season um one of the things I've been reflecting on is, is we have the very best news. People are looking for good news. We're constantly yeah. turning into the news right now, uh, tuning into the news and trying to figure out, um, you know, uh, uh, predictions about, about numbers of people affected and numbers of hospital beds and so many things that can be very dire and, and, uh, without, you know, downplaying those, um, just, yeah, what, what, what's, 
what's the good news that, that we're excited about as, as Christians, as Catholics, as we enter into Holy Week? Well, the good news is that what's happening now is not the end of the story. <laughs> and that we uh, are made in the image and likeness of a God who loves us and who's sovereign. So if he is allowing this to happen during Lent, which that is not lost on me, I'm sure it's not lost on you either, that the whole earth shuts down during Lent. What are the odds of that? That he's doing something big and that we're about to enter into one of the holiest weeks of the entire year of a week of going with the Lord. And so what he's doing, and he's inviting every single one of us to make a very intimate journey with himself where he will be hailed on Sunday and crucified on Friday. And he's going to ask his friends to come with him. And he's going to say, could you not stay with me just an hour? You know, and the, these are, you know, it's very interesting. You know, when you and, I, you and I were just talking about how do you share with people? And it's one thing to share your strengths and all your wonderful qualities with somebody. And that's, that makes us admire each other. But intimacy is born out of sharing vulnerabilities. And Christ is about to become very vulnerable and he's going to give himself for us. And so he's making a, an invitation to every single one of us to go with him this week. He's saying to you, will you come with me? Very few people want to go. Will, will you come with me this week? And, and there's many ways we can do that. I know a lot of your, you know, your, the people listening and watching, you know, have families and they've got little kids running around. They're like silence. Good luck with that. You know, but if there's a way that we could just cultivate and just talk about just ask our lady to wrap us in her mantle this week and just a mantle of silence and, and the ways that we can, maybe especially during the Triduum on Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, we put away our screens and just, just spend some more time with the Lord and just ask the Lord to make, a lot of people are doing virtual Triduum services or, you know, get out your Magnificat and follow along and just to really listen to what the Lord is saying, um, because this is very powerful and it's such a sacred time that we'll never get back. The grace that's being poured out right now will not be the same grace as poured out next year. And so we don't want to miss it, you know? And his grace is always new. And, and I think yes. that's, that's the fact that we're, this is unprecedented. We were talking at the beginning. Yes. You know, that, you know, that uh, the words you, I keep using and probably everyone else is, it's strange and unprecedented as far as yes. describing this situation. Even in the 2000 year history of the church, we've never had anything like this where, mm -hmm. you know, even during plagues and stuff where the, where mass was still going on, people were still coming yeah. to church. Um, probably not the best, um, you know, uh, thing to, to help uh, prevent the spread, hands, <laughs> the spread right? of, of germs. And things. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but that it's, it's, uh, it's a reminder right now that this is something new. And because uh, God is, you know, who, the one who's St. Augustine calls ever ancient, ever new. That, and that, that line, and I love it. It's maybe my favorite scene from The Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and it, just the midst of all the brutality of that movie where Mary runs to her son. Oh, gosh. And yeah. he speaks the word that's actually from the book of Revelation. And, you know, Mary, of course, has yeah. that flashback of Jesus as, 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 a, as a baby. And I'm just. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. So, um, and if you're not, then you're a robot. If you're not crying during that. <laughs> Um, but, What's wrong with you? <laughs> but the words he says, he says, behold, mother, I make all things new. So, so yeah, the fact that he's doing something new, yeah. he wants to do something new in your life right now. The God's not intimidated by our circumstances. And I, I think that that's a, uh, maybe just a, a good reminder that we need to hear, yeah. but also to be bumped out of our complacency. And I needed to hear this as much as anybody bumped out of my complacency to recognize that God wants to do something new in my heart, particularly as yes. we enter into Holy Week and Easter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. And I love that. I, that's one of my favorite scenes. I mean, I don't think you could watch this true, watch that story, which would be a great thing to watch during Holy Week, if you can, to see that again of, of Christ doing that, where he does make all things new and he's the Lord and he's the Lord and giver of life. And he, you know, this is not the end, like this isn't the end. And it, he just, he's drawing so close to us right now and inviting us. Like if you saw the, um, the Pope's message to the church and to the world, I mean, of just him in a totally empty St. Peter's square and the stormy evening of in Rome, Italy, where he's all by 
himself and just crying out and saying, you know, this is a time of choosing where everything that we've counted on has been taken away from us. And the Lord is calling us to come back to him because he's still in the boat. He's in our boat. Yeah. He He's not leaving us. He's never forsaking us and he cares for us. And so I think being very tent, not just, and I think, you know, I know my own journey, maybe you too, Father, that through the day to day, you know, as our lives change, you know, I think a lot of us are coming to realize like life may not ever quite be the same as it was. Yeah. And, and during the day, during the, just the regular day, I go through many things of like, sometimes I'm, I'm like, I'm okay with this. I can do this. Other times I'm afraid. Other times I'm anxious. And so I think just being attentive to those places, like, Lord, I'm experiencing a lot of fear today of like, what might happen in the future? Can you come into that place? And so the Lord, he wants to be invited into every part of our hearts. And that's something that really is sacred during Holy Week. And we we got such a great intro to that with Mary and Martha um, um, last oh, weekend gosh, with, yeah. with them coming to the Lord when their brother had died and them being able yes. to, Lord, if you'd only been here, yes. um, you know, that kind of, that really being real and frank with the Lord, still profound faith, still profound love and intimacy for Jesus, who was their Lord, their Savior, their friend, all those things, um, who stayed at their house all the time. But but that disappointment, they were able to share that with him. Yes. And and maybe maybe people have never prayed that way um, yeah. um, or felt that if they did pray that way, they're doing something wrong. Oh, so gosh, how, how can yeah. maybe people cultivate that of being able to to honestly share their disappointments and their sadness and their fear with mm-hmm. the Lord and recognize that that's not a division between them and God, but it can be a place of profound oh. contact. It is because that's part of what it means to be real and to be human. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I'm so glad you said that father, because have we not all said that at times when we look at the sorrowful mysteries of our life and we say, Lord, where were you? Like, why did you let this happen to me? If you had, if you quote unquote, if you had been here, none of this would have happened. And we're, we're afraid, like you said, we're afraid of our anger. I think, you know, when I, when I do forgiveness meditations with people, some people just, a lot of us, I think, especially as Christians, some of us have some deep anger toward God where either a child died or something happened in your life and you really feel like God did let you down. And so we kind of stuff that and we're like, no, I can't be angry with God. If that's where you find yourself right now, oh, the Lord would love to have a conversation with you about that. Yeah. He, he's not afraid of your anger. He's not afraid of our shame. He's not, af- he's not afraid because he created us. He's not afraid of anything. And we're often afraid, but he isn't. So I think taking the risk of, of unveiling our hearts to the Lord and seeing how he receives us is deeply healing. And, and yeah, just that image too, going back to the Pope's Urbi et Orbi to the, to the city and to the world a blessing. So many emotions. I, I probably haven't done enough just processing of that. Um, in my own heart and prayer, just seeing the Pope, really his frailty. I, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, the frailty of Pope Francis um, in such a stark way before. Um, it, it reminded me, I, I saw John Paul II in person years and years ago, back in 98, actually. And I almost touched him. It was, it was a really, um, uh, it was, it was a profound moment for him too. You could tell. Um, <laughs> but I just remember even back then he died years later, um, yeah. 2005 actually, but just how frail he looked and, 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 um, but you definitely saw that in Pope Francis, but him holding the monstrance, yeah. him going to that image of Mary, him going to the crucifix and a sense, just the simplicity of that, but out of his frailty, I think being a good uh, father and, and, and radiating the heart of God, the father too. But that's I mean, just the simplicity of our faith, but how, the, the profound depths, I think were really evident in that moment for me. Oh gosh. Yeah. And then just the, the shocking, the shockingness of the, the singularity of just him in this empty St. Peter. Did you ever think you would see such a thing, father of yeah. not no. a, like, it was just so just the it was like the solitary white figure crying out for healing in the world to the father. It was so just 
it's really, you know, I don't even know if I have words to describe it and, and just his text from that. But yeah, like him struggling, bringing the monstrance and struggling, like you could just see him stretching out and just like blessing the entire world, whether you're a believer or not, like blessing every single child of God. It was just so profoundly, you know, moving. Yeah, I think that that will be a moment in his papacy that is probably the, one of the most defining moments ever, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, just beautiful. Cause I kept thinking somebody needs to help him. You know, that was kind of my, I know. <laughs> I know. my response, oh, yeah. but, but in a sense it was perfect. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, it almost, almost the exact words that he was sharing from, from the gospel of Mark, you yes. know, that, you know, Lord, do you even care? You know, but that yes. just to enter into that and, and maybe our own frailty. So yeah. maybe just, uh, just in closing here, sister, if, um, if you want to just give just one or two ways or, or, or something for, for people that maybe, um, we talked about hurt. We talked about brokenness. We talked mm-hmm. about shame, the, the lies of the enemy. What's what's just something that somebody um, watching at home, wherever they are this yeah. week, that's going to be having maybe more opportunities for silence if they take them, um, mm-hmm. can take one step closer towards that that greater freedom that God wants for them. Maybe a way of praying or some a way of of, of going deeper in intimacy with Him. Sure. I think, you know, just sitting before the Lord and in wherever you find yourself and just ask him to speak to you. But I think, you know, what, what is, I would say, what is the most pressing thing on your heart right now? Like what is manifesting itself? We talk about the fruit of the tree. We always have fruit kind of manifesting. So what is the most pressing thing right now that's happening in your life? Is it, is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it addiction? Like what, what is that? And, and just starting there of saying, okay, here's what keeps happening in my life. Like, you know, I was asking a group of of people some time ago, like, what is the storm in your life? Like, what is the storm? And then number two, how will we respond to it? Because we can say, well, this is just how it is and I'm never going to get better. But there's, God is always coming and to, to quell the storm and to heal it and to bring us into union with him, even if he doesn't, you know, to, quote unquote, take away or do what I want him to do. God is always present. So I think it's identifying, Lord, what is the most pressing thing on my heart? Is it joy? Is it anticipation? Is it, I don't know, you know, all of us have a pressing kind of fruit that's manifesting right now. And then just bringing that to the Lord this week and asking him to speak into that. And uh, yeah, like I said, grabbing your Magnificat and following along. I know for our Abiding Together podcast, we're doing something we've never done before is we're actually leading uh, a meditation of the Stations of the Cross. So on Monday that will air where you can just listen along with us and we're going to pray the Stations of the Cross. I mean, just trying to find different ways to pray, but asking the Lord for the grace just to unveil our hearts. So the Lord is going to unveil himself for us this week. Mm. And so he's just, he's inviting He's not telling us. He's not compelling us. He's not shaming us. He's, he's just inviting us saying, would, would you come along with me? And whatever that, whatever that part of your heart is, can we just go with him and let's just see what happens. Let's see how he raises us from the dead because we're about to be raised from the dead and he's going to make all things new. Amen. That's, that's at the very heart of what it means to you. This whole week is all about and, and yeah. what, really the center of the universe and the center of history is Jesus Christ. Um, the Redeemer, and and uh, we experience that in a profound way. Um, Sister Miriam James, you are such a delight, and um, it's, it's just such an honor to be able to uh, to speak with you, and such a blessing to everyone who's able to um, to to view this. Um, so, uh, your Abiding Together podcast is one way that people can can keep up with what you're what you're doing. I know yeah. I know you also work with the John Paul II um, uh, Healing Center, Center. Mm-hmm. as, as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so, uh, yeah, and, and any other way that people can can follow you or or um, uh, besides going out to Texas and trying to find you somewhere. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a total like social media nerd. The only thing I'm on is Twitter. So I'm at one groovy nun. So you can find me there uh, as well. So I'll be posting just various things. So yeah, just uh, a lot of videos on YouTube of different talks and things like that. But uh, I just really, you know, gathering everybody in my heart this week in a special way and just really 
placing everybody in the womb of Mary and just asking her to bring us closer to her son because she's the woman who never wavered and she walked with him every step of the way and she never left him and she teaches us how to do that very thing. So let's entrust ourselves to her in a very special way this week. Amen. And we'll do that, continue to uh, to pray and walk with Mary as, as we yeah. walk with Jesus. Um, so just, just a, a, a thank you to everyone who uh, tuned into this and everyone who shares it. And uh, please follow us, uh, um, St. Dominic Media. Um, on Facebook and all, all the other uh, social media outlets. And thank you to all our supporters too on Patreon. And uh, we're going to continue to bring uh, great content to you uh, as we journey with Jesus during this time. So thank you all so much. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Catholic in America, part of the St. Dominic Media Podcast family. Catholic in America seeks to bring you into a conversation about the intersection of faith and culture in the midst of the unique circumstances we face today. Thank you so much to all of our sponsors on Patreon. And if you'd like to be part of our mission, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a rating, and financially support us at patreon.com. Next week, I'm really excited that I have the joy of sitting down with Father Rich Pagano from the Diocese of St. Augustine, who recently went up during the coronavirus epidemic in a helicopter with the Blessed Sacrament and blessed his entire parish, all of his parish boundaries. He's an awesome priest, an awesome pastor, and we're looking forward to that conversation. See you next week.